Welcome everybody to today's show. I'm going to be speaking about the concept of transliminality and its relationship to Kundalini and receiving celestial energy. Transliminality is the ability to access the pre-conscious field, the fields of pre-consciousness that was not embodied or imprinted upon your consciousness. You are the extraordinary recipients of a great unfolding of the energetic energies that are wanting to be embodied right now, especially if you are one that is transliminous. So how can we allow the receivership of this divine energy to be downloaded effortlessly so that we're relaxed and it just comes in and we become it with ease? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to today's show. This is Laura Shoesmith, and I have an interesting topic today. I found this word in the dictionary, um, or maybe I should say this word found me, and it's called transliminality. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. It's not transluminity, but transliminality. And the reason why um, I was searching for an for an answer to a question that I had. That's how I found this word. So the question that I was curious about was, I noticed I've been having a lot of Kundalini experiences in the last two years, but I've been noticing that a lot of times they're followed like a day or two days later by panic attacks. And so after I noticed the correlation between the two, I didn't necessarily want to experience the panic attacks. So I was wondering and curious about the correlation between the two. Are my panic attacks a continuation of the expression of the activation of Kundalini energy being released or are they something else? So, so transliminality seems to be that the activation of this Kundalini energy correlates to this variable known as transliminality. And transliminality tends to happen to people that are psychic or mediums or uh, meditators, lucid dreamers, and also with some people that have been diagnosed with some, um, uh, mental diagnoses also is associated big time with people that have out of body experiences. And so I'm just going to say that, you know, in the, in this culture, in the American culture in particular, we can be prone to diagnose people, right? If something happens out of the ordinary, then oh, something must be wrong. And I, uh, the way that I live in my body and in my world in is that that isn't necessarily the case that we can either look at what's wrong or we can look at what's right. We can look out into the world and observe order or even within ourselves observe order, or we can observe disorder. I also like to think of it as a way in which I know and how to distinguish and discern truth from disinformation. There is this knowing this intuitiveness, this um, higher level of clarity that I 
know I'm clear about and trust. So here we are looking at this transliminality and how it's correlated with the activation of Kundalini experience. And I'm certainly not going to make a disorder out of it. In fact, I'm going to talk about it and exacerbate, exaggerate the meaning because I think it's something that wants to be out in the world. So, um, let me get back. Let me get a little more into this study that was done by a man named Alejandro Paraohid in, he's from Ari, um, from Argentina. And he was studying out of body experiences and its correlation to this transliminality. So he says that people that, well, first of all, an out-of-body experience is an experience in which the self or the center of awareness seems to the person having this out-of-body experience to temporarily occupy a position remote, spatially remote from the body. And this transliminality hypothesis suggests that the immediate source of our perceptions, obviously, is not just our eyes or our ears or all of our senses, but rather the subliminal consciousness that perceptions are processed at an unconscious level first, and then usually speedily are presented across the threshold into consciousness. But this hypothesis for people that had out, have out-of-body experiences say that people that have OBEs have a higher capacity for um, not common cognitive experiences, and they have a higher transliminality or a thinner boundary. Be the, the and the the boundary is like the wall between the unconscious and the conscious. But here I'm going to say that there's a wall between the preconscious and the consciousness. So many times, as therapists or as coaches or as counselors or as mentors, uh, we have gifts of helping people uncover their unconscious beliefs that are running uh, their program and how they think and how they feel and how they operate in the world, right? How they make decisions. And a lot of times we do have these unconscious imprinted ideas imprinted on our unconscious or subconscious and that, and that it gets in the way of us living full on whole lives as we get older. So we hire someone and they help us uncover these unconscious beliefs, right? But I know that I and many of my friends, in fact, most of them have the ability to discern information that was never imprinted on my unconscious or subconscious from an experience that I had when I was a little girl. I know that I have the ability to access information that was never imprinted on me, on my mental mind or my invisible, intangible psychological processes. So what I'm saying is that people who have this transliminality trait with these thinner boundaries between their ability to access, uh, between the ability to transfer information, transliminality, transfer information across the threshold of different levels of consciousness. What I'm saying is we actually have the ability to access information that was never imprinted on any form of our consciousness. And not only access it, but bring it alive, create with it. And, and I think that's pretty amazing. So was my panic attacks or is our collective panic, (laughs) 
being expressed through certain people that have a thinner consciousness that have a thinner boundary between the levels of not their consciousness and their consciousness. So I'm wondering if sometimes the panic that I was experiencing, sometimes it may have been an expression of Kundalini energy that needed to be released. But other times I think I may have been accessing the collective panic that's in the atmosphere or in the field around us when we are, when we are trans, when we are trans eliminators, we, we sometimes access energy that isn't ours. Now, the great thing about that is we can tap into beautiful, expansive, super conscious energy to bring in to the field and, and bonus, the more we do that, and that's what we do, the more we do that, and I've got lots of friends that play around in that field. I meet with them every week and we bring in information. We talk about new concepts. We talk about we make up words to help understand new concepts that are coming to us that want to be part of the way in which we operate here. So it's not just talking about like negative or like, I'm not going to even associate the word negative with panic, although it doesn't feel very good, but it may be the initial signal that captured my attention to be able to understand this transliminality better so that I can understand a superpower that we all have. So Pete, like I said already that this guy, this guy, um, Alejandro noticed that, um, people that have this trans liminality have these thinner boundaries and they score higher on their ability on spirituality, emotional impact and, and, um, original experiences that most people do not have. They also show a substantially superior capacity for absorbed meditation. They tend to practice meditation and have lucid dreams, have an internalized, curious, intellectual, and stable personality. They trust themselves. They're intellectual. They may or may not be academic, but they're intellectual. And they know that there is a center. They, they feel centered within their within their point of awareness. So centered, in fact, that they're willing to go around and outside and expand way beyond what they're usually aware of and can access new information. So a thin boundary refers to a relative state of connectedness of psychological processes. In other words, their thinking style is not black and white. It's shades of gray. Psychics, shamans, and also patients that present as schizoid mark high in being trans luminates. Okay. So when I was first getting ready for this podcast, I was looking up this definition of transliminality again, and I couldn't find it. And it's because I was spelling it wrong. I, it's, I, so the, I found another word, transluminidity. Now this is not a new word. Transliminality is one who is hypersensitive to psychological material originating in the unconscious or in the external environment. And that was founded, this term was founded by Michael Thalborn, an Australian psychologist. It is also one who is able to see images or perceptions originating in the unconscious or in the external world. And it's associated with the ability to readily transmit the information across the threshold from the unconscious to the consciousness or from a pre-consciousness into this consciousness. That's my addition from the pre-consciousness. 
So the word that I found by accident, because I spelled it wrong, was transluminity with a U instead of an I, lumen instead of liminality. Luminality is to cause light to pass through, especially to pass through a body, like during a medical examination. But I just love the association between these two words, because I think someone that is at the ability to have be a transliminator, bringing new information across the threshold of pre-consciousness into consciousness that was never imprinted on your consciousness also is the ability to transluminate, right? We speak to mentors, coaches, therapists, because we want to be illuminated. We want to understand our psychological processes. But now I'm saying, and I know so many other people are also, that we are also carriers of the lights of that which wants to be illuminated through the body. Okay. So yes, it comes into the body so that we can use our mouths to make noises, to transmit communication, to understand new concepts that wants to be played out into the world. So how fabulous is this? Okay. So this transliminality is a preconceptual crossing over into that which can now be conceptualized. So it's the unconceptualized into conceptualization. I'm saying that it is the preconceptual, something that was never imprinted on me, that now can be conceptualized and made conscious without ever having the experience have happened and diverted through repression or suppression or stored into my subconscious. So it is the preconceivable crossing into conceivability, conceivability, conceivableness, conceivability. Mm -hmm. It is the preconscious crossing over into the consciousness and it is contextless. In other words, I wasn't experiencing something in a context or a contextual way that would make sense. It's just something that happens. It's something that came and found me. For me, it was actually context full because I was looking at the expression of Kundalini and its relationship to panic attacks. But the Kundalini really initially is something that takes one by surprise. It either happens just as a sudden awakening or after years of being open and available and becoming a master of your energetic illuminated self. So, so this relationship with consciousness, we were born from, right? We were born pre-conscious. We were born from the pre-consciousness state. Some of us, however, have remained open to this pre-consciousness, contextualist, contextless state. And so we are mystics. We are mediums. We are able to bring information born information that we were, that originates or that lives within the field that has nothing to do with us and make, and so for some of us, we've never lost the relationship of the pre-conscious field. At three years old, I used to put myself into wormhole inquiry. I used to ask, where was I before here? Why am I here? Where was I before here? How did I get here? How did they get here? How did they get here? What is this place? 
Where was I before I was in this place? That is a relationship with the pre-conscious field. And I feel like remaining in this relationship allows certain of us to be able to access more data to be transmitted over into this known reality. So therefore the unknown becomes known. So I'm not talking about detachment. I'm not talking about splitting off. I'm not talking about being undifferentiated. These are psychological therapeutic terms about why we are the way we are. I'm talking about maintaining an intimate relationship and transliminality from the field of which we were born from prior to consciousness within the body from the field of pre-consciousness. We're talking about having the ability to receive data, not emerging from a surprise state or a suppressed subconscious into consciousness, but from the field of preconceived, preconceptualized, or a preconscious state of existence, bringing it into existence through mystical experiences, Kundalini experiences, psychological breakthroughs. They always say there's a thin line, right? Between genius and to mental disorder. Well, I say that perhaps the difference, and I'm just going to leave aside biology for a moment because yes, some of us are more pre- um, uh, destined or determined to have certain traits because of genetics or conditions, cultural beliefs, the way in which we were brought up, trauma, abuse. But for those of us that aren't living in the trauma or the psychological break world, that, that I'm going to say the difference is the ability to distinguish between order and disorder, you know, kind of like knowing the difference, like I said already before, between information and disinformation. Also, transliminality happens to those who are trying to integrate past experiences into the present. So yes, so when we are reached, reaching out to someone to assist us with repression or suppression or trauma, transliminality does also occur because they're trying to make sense of their present life based off of their past. So they want to understand why they are afraid of X, Y, and Z, or why something stimulates anxiety within them, or why they don't understand why they have anxiety in the first place. So transliminality can happen as a result of one looking to integrate or as a result of never losing the intimate relationship with the pre-conscious field of all that is that we were a part of before we became conscious. Okay. So Kundalini is a life force that we were born from that lives within us, that raises to meet, raises up to meet us where we're meant to be living from. So when we're ready to live in a super conscious, elevated vibrational state, we have a Kundalini experience because the Kundalini is a releasing of all those things that have been embodied, that are stuck, that are blockages from the full on expression of your magnificence. So Kundalini is this life force that we were born from that is always right here And when we're ready and willing or just available, it can begin to process its way up through the spinal cord, you know, like a snake in a a cyclical manner coming up higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And it's released. A lot of times certain meditation teachers uh, teach how to access 
how to uh, how to access kundalini how to allow the unfolding of kundalini how to allow the kundalini to go up through the heart chakra up through the third eye and up through the highest chakra right through the pineal gland is activated and then we can open up our own um we can open up our hallucinogenic uh gland and enter into different realms of reality to have mystical experiences. So Kundalini is where we're meant to be living from this elevated state of being or knowing being more clear minded. Perhaps to be clear minded means to be clear of the trappings of the mind, including differentiating or judging one thing to be good and one thing to be bad. It's kind of like a contributing factor to what kind of break one has. We can have a psychological break or you can have an experience with the divine. So I realized in the moments where I was looking at the correlation between kundalini and transliminality that my panic attacks were not a result of the kundalini. That sometimes I could feel that I would go, I was going to have an experience before I even sat down. Like I could feel the energy of the Kundalini in the air around me. And so sometimes, um, I didn't want to have a panic attack. So I would suppress or just not sit. I would not meditate because I associated the Kundalini with the panic attacks. But what I realized was the reason why I was having the panic attacks was because I was inhibiting the release of the Kundalini energy. It was because I wasn't allowing the release and the panic came and fell me because something needed to be released. So because of my relationship with being transliminal, I was aware of the energy that was be, be, I was aware of the energy around me. Maybe this Kundalini life force just isn't like Lara's Kundalini life force that's living within her body. It's in the field all around us as well. And I could feel it in the pre-conscious state, right? I could feel the Kundalini life energy that had nothing to do with me, but that was just, it's in other words, it wasn't associated with someone's consciousness, that it was living in the pre-conceptualized, pre-consciousness, contextualist state. And that my relationship in the with the transliminous state allowed me to feel the energy lingering in the pre-conceptualized experience waiting for me to have it. I hope that makes sense. So Kundalini was a releasing of all of the panic never allowed to materialize. Kundalini is an invitation to never experience suppression or repression again. Kundalini is an opportunity to pop into the state of our preexistence, that high vibrational life force that wants to be expressed through you. And these words found me as I was contemplating this. And I just think this is so beautiful. We assume that when we pass here, we know our energy is transmuted, transliminated, transluminated into something magnificent, right? We can see that a man becomes an angel. A woman becomes an angel. A child becomes an angel. But here, while we're embodied in Kundalini, an angel turns into you.
An angel, an energy of the divine is expressed through you. So man, woman turns into angel. Angel is also expressed through you. And so for those of us that are in tune and in a line with Kundalini or our life force or a very high elevated state of consciousness or vibration or frequency within us and all around us that we have access to and to move within us and to become more of and to give away to others, for those of us that are receiving angelic or celestial or divine, super conscious, magnificent energy being brought in through us, our neurological system may need to be upgraded in order to handle it. So it might feel like some of us are experiencing a great deal of anxiety. Some of us are experiencing panic. A lot of us are experiencing more and more episodes of Kundalini expression or uh, psychic abilities mediumship. Why? We're, now, we're, lo- we're having these conversations with ourselves. How can we allow the enfolding of this contextualist pre-consciousness energy that wants to express this celestial, magnanimous God energy that wants to now come in here, come into these bodies and express and talk and be in clear mindedness and logic and reason in the time, in these times, how can we allow the unfolding of it without making it, um, a problem because panic, it doesn't feel like not a problem, especially in the moment that you're having it. Right. So how can we allow the expression to be calmer, to be more, um, what's the word, um, to be able to be enfolded without effort with for it to be effortless for the body. That is the one that is experiencing the data, the download, the energetic expression being given to you. So this angelic exchange doesn't go on without noticing it. Receiving such a gift is so powerful. And sometimes we want to, you know, be with the body as it's by, as it's happening. And so maybe I was thinking about this, maybe it's not what, maybe, maybe we don't have to associate it with something happening to an us, right? Just instead melt, just let it melt into you instead of this force being pushed in and wanting to be embodied by you to enfold with it to let it enfold within you with no resistance just breathe as the air of the angel becomes embodied in you in you to transcend beyond a comfort level of the body because i believe that this is remarkable call to be an extraordinary recipient of the great enfolding without resistance beholden to an unworldly receiving to just melt and receive so how can this be of use to you today think about it what have you like what experience have you known was going to always come and find you that you may be running from or you may be waiting for what experience have you always known that was going to come and find you 
that already has that's come true what experience did you intuit that's come true what experience have you intuited that's still lingering in some fixed moment in now time that hasn't happened yet can you allow it to come and find you and be in a state of receivership resistanceless what is it that has not yet been expressed or doesn't have one yet to express it that wants to be expressed what is it that has not yet been expressed or has not found one yet to express it that wants to be expressed who chooses the expressor who chooses the expressor Where did the non-expressor come into existence? In other words, when did the one that expressed the life force itself begin? Just some questions to ponder. How can you make room for a huge scoop of curiosity? to look within your consciousness, to look within your subconsciousness, and to look within your pre-consciousness, the fields of which you originated from. How do you access the pre-conscious state? What state of being within the embodied you welcomes the pre-conscious state? So I hope you are tickled with some new level of curiosity. I hope you can melt into an experience resistance-free and allow the effortlessness enfolding of angelic, magnanimous energy to be expressed through you. Have a beautiful day and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Everyday Awakening. How can today awaken you to the greatness that lives within? To ask a question, suggest a topic, or contact us, please email us at everydayawakeningpodcast at gmail.com. If you really like our show, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell a few friends.